Okay, if you guys got, you guys, did you guys have your, um, did you guys have your assignment? Anybody, I thought about giving out um, $20 bills up here. For those of you that read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, come on up and get your $20 bill. You can't be, can't be telling a story. You're like, well, I came up, I read it three years ago. You know, it's like, oh, okay. I thought about doing that. So then, Lord, give them all $20 bills. All of them that did that, just bless them. How about that? Um, I thought of, I really did think about it. I really did think about putting like some money in an envelope and then find out who came up. I know Jerry, Pastor Jerry, he's at home um, doing some recovery. I guess he's um, lifted something that he probably shouldn't have lifted, right? And he's um, dealing with some back issues. So we just lift up Jerry to you right now. We thank you for Pastor Jerry. We call forth health and healing upon him for that pain to go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, last week we talked a little bit about, man, I got to get going, righteousness. Uh, this week I'm going to talk a little bit about righteousness in the kingdom of God. So last week we talked a lot about um, Genesis and we talked about dominion. We talked about what it meant to be able to have dominion. We talked about what the word dominion meant. We talked about the word subdue and what it meant. We also talked about the word kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. Come on, let's say kingdom. 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 We, got, we got a king ruling a kingdom and we are sons and daughters of the Most High God and he is... Jesus is the Lord of Lord and what? The King of Kings. And, and I remember years ago, Shelly and I were talking about that and trying to discuss that. And my, my limited mind was that like he's the king, as in like the president. And then the president is the ruler over all of the other governors and, and mayors and all this other stuff, right? He's the king over the kings. And then I realized that in the word of God, it says that we are priests and kings so if we're priests and kings and he's the king and you're a king so he's the king over you being a king so he's the king of kings or can i say the king of queens <laughs> for you ladies there how about that king of queens we talked a little bit about king's dominion and it meant to rulership or to reign king's dominion we also talked a little bit about the seven characteristics of a kingdom and all of the kingdoms have this and the kingdom of god has those characteristics we also talked about the difference between the kingdom of god and the kingdom of heaven remember that and why matthew talked and called it the kingdom of heaven and in the other gospels they call it the kingdom of god so, some of the scriptures that we're going to cover today is Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, about John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, 4, 23, 5, 3, 10, 19, 20, 6, 10, and 33. For those of you that are keeping track, they're like, you lost me at the first one. But we're going to, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5. And, and, um, I, and I know what, as we were reviewing Matthew chapter 5, just verses 1 through 20. So I want us to, how many of you know we're coming into a time of learning? So we need to get your Bible out and we need to look at the Word of God and allow the Spirit of the living God to speak to us tonight. So as we were talking about the kingdom, everybody say kingdom. 
We talked about the kingdom. We looked at how it was and where it began in Genesis and how it was the kingdom of God. God wanted rulers in the earth. How many of you know it's the unseen God operating in your unseen spirit in your physical body on the physical earth? It's the unseen spirit of God, Ray, operating in your unseen spirit in your seen physical body on the physical earth. So everybody say unseen to unseen. Unseen to unseen. In the scene, on the scene. Okay, unseen to unseen, in the scene, on the scene. Now let's say it fast. Unseen to unseen, in the scene, on the scene. Unseen to unseen, in the scene, on the scene. The unseen spirit of the living God lives in the unseen spirit of you. Come on, right? In the physical body that we can see and view on the physical earth. So when God wants something done, he's going to take his unseen spirit, speak to your unseen spirit, to speak to your physical body to do what needs to be done on the earth. So turn to your neighbor and say, it's up to you. It's up to you, you know. So what happens is we've got some different ideas. Religions will tell us, don't take responsibility. It's all God's fault. And God's like, you need to take responsibility because you're my son. You're my daughter. Who's going to take responsibility? Jesus said, I'm not taking the responsibility. Father, I'm seated at your right hand, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting on my brothers and sisters here to do the job. Are you with me? He's done what he's going to do. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And now he's, he's, he's ever interceding. The Bible says ever interceding on our behalf. So we look at it and we talk about Matthew. The first time we talked about the kingdom of God was in Matthew chapter 4. Did I tell you that? Or actually 3. Chapter 3 verse 2. When John the Baptist came on the scene. Then we see in Matthew chapter 4. Um, verses four or verse 17 um, and where Jesus comes on the scene and he says what repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand so Ma uh, Matthew chapter 4 Jesus comes on the scene he's 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 fasted he's prayed he spent 40 days in the wilderness he was led there by the spirit of the living God he comes out right and the the tempter comes to tempt him I thought it was neat Maybe not coincidental, but you know, Satan tempted Jesus how many times? Anybody know? Three times, right. And do you know what he tempted him with on the last time he got tempted? This is what it says. Of course, the first time we know that he said, if you're the son of God, command these stones and make them bread, right? Change the DNA in the stone. I know you can do it. And then Jesus said, for it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then he takes him up to a holy city, right? And he says, you know, your, your word says that if you throw yourself down, your angels are going to take charge over you. They're going to protect you. And he, he comes back with it. You know, don't put the Lord your God to the test. The third time, we're talking about the kingdom tonight, right? The third time, the devil took him up to a high mountain. And guess what he showed him? The kingdoms of the world. And he said, if you'll bow down to me, all of this will be yours. I, when, when my time comes and I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus, <laughs> I'm going to say, how'd you feel when he said that? <laughs> What'd you think when he said that? You know what I mean? Because it's like, 
Um, here's these kingdoms, and these are all the kingdoms of the world, and if you'll bow down, I'll give them to you. And I'm thinking Jesus was probably like, eh, they're already mine. I, I already have those kingdoms. Can I get an amen? So maybe, maybe one day when um, Jesus will, will explain that to me, and I'll have a greater revelation of that. But it says he took him up to a high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And their glory. Somebody say there's glory in the kingdom of God. So there's glory in the kingdom of God. And he said to them, all these things I'll give to you if you fall down and worship me. And he says, as it written, you shall worship the Lord only and God only shall you serve. And the devil left him and the angels came and ministered. And that's when Jesus' ministry began. I'm going to challenge you guys that I believe, this is my personal belief, I believe that the devil knew that the Messiah was on the earth, but he didn't know who it was. And when he found out who it was, was when Jesus was being baptized and he came up out of the water. Are you with me? The heavens opened up and who got identified? The father identified the son and said, look, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Because right after that, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness, right? And the, obviously, I believe, this is what I believe, is that the devil identified, oh, that's him. Let's go get him. And he was in the wilderness, right? And then he came out of the wilderness, and, it's, and, and it was like, okay, now guess who showed up? The enemy showed up, the devil showed up, and he started tempting him. Are you with me? And he, the last temptation he gave him was about the kingdoms. So how important is it about the kingdoms of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdoms of this earth, the kingdoms of the world, the nations of the world belong to the Lord. Hello? The nations of the Lord belong to the Lord. So when, I, when I, we start think, seeing Jesus coming in and, and he begins his, his ministry and, and, and you know, he leaves Nazareth and he's settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea. Honey, I was, as I was reading this again, I thought, man, this is by the ocean and sea. Actually, it was the Sea of Galilee, but... Um, you know, that was, it, was, it was really nice with water, and I know you would like that. But verse 17, let me re read this to you. It says, from this time, Jesus began preaching and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change our way of thinking because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, you got to remember, as he was bringing in the kingdom of God... As he was bringing in that, he had to deal with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and their idea of what the kingdom of God was supposed to look like and what it didn't look like. And then now, ever since then, the battle's been on. So we see that in chapter 4 where he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then we know he goes and gets his disciples. In verse 23, it says, Jesus was going throughout all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and what? Proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. He was preaching. He was proclaiming. He was teaching. He was declaring. He was speaking forth the good news. And we sang about the goodness, the good news, the goodness of the Father, right? We sang about that. And there was good news of any and he started talking about and preaching and proclaiming the good news about the kingdom. And the Bible says he was healing all kinds of disease and every sickness among the people. And the news about him spread. 
And then we get into chapter 5 where he's talking about the Beatitudes where the multitudes were coming and he went up. We actually, I actually went to Israel on the, on the, the edge of the, the mountain there where you could see where Jesus, you could literally see in your mind's eye where he sat and how he, the multitude of people were down there as the hill came down. You could see where the, the multitude of people were there and he was able to teach them. And then he began to start teaching them about the kingdom. And, and as some of you know, some of you have read that. He goes on in verse 3 and says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 10, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he's talking and teaching about the kingdom of heaven. Obviously, it was important about the kingdom of heaven. In verse 13, he goes on and he teaches about the disciples and the world. And here's the scripture that, that you've heard a lot. It says, you are the salt of the earth, and if the salt becomes tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. The question is, if the kingdom of God isn't going to do it, what is? Okay? If it's the kingdom of God isn't going to do it, or if Christianity isn't going to do it, then what is? There's nothing that's going to do it. So when we think about how valuable this kingdom is, he goes on and he says, you're the light of the world, and a city set on a hill cannot be what? Hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket or on a lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. And he says, let your light shine. Let your light shine before men in such a way so they can what? See your good works. Come on. They can see what you're doing and the good things that you're doing. Are you with me? And it will glorify your Father which is in heaven. How many of you know that pleases the Father? That pleases the Father. That, that pleases the Father. So as we begin to think about the kingdom, I wanted us to get, to, we talked last week, I want us to get to verse 20. Verse 20, well, let's go back to 19. He says, if anyone annuls one of these least of the commandments and teaches others to do the same, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Shell and I had a, a, a discussion on this word enter and what does it mean. And there is a, there is a realm, everybody say realm. There is a realm that we can access and it's not a realm that you got to go to heaven to get to, because that's a realm also. Are you with me? But there's a realm where we can access the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Here on earth. How many of you know we need to access it here on earth? I mean, you, you, you won't need to access the kingdom of heaven when you're in heaven. You won't need to access the kingdom of God when you're in heaven. You won't need healing. Come on, somebody. Right? You, you, you won't, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It says there's no tears. There's all sorts of scriptures that you could look at. And, and, and I mean, you know, that realm, when, when I die, that realm is like this. It's like, boom, we're there. And, it, and I don't think you got to go around Alaska, down to Hawaii, and over to Australia, and then come all the way back just to enter into the kingdom 
realm. That realm is right here. So he goes on and he says in this scripture, he says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the kingdom of, excuse me, exceeds that of the Pharisees and the scribes, then he goes and he says, you will never enter the kingdom of God. You'll never access this realm. What was the, the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees? It was the law. It was based on the law. And they were righteous only by whether they kept the law or if they broke the law, then the atonement for that sin was made and they were back in right relationship until they broke it again. Are you with me? So that's the thing that I want to talk a little bit about tonight. I want to talk about the righteousness in the kingdom of God. The righteousness in the kingdom of God. Because when we, with the, there is a difference between the righteousness or being righteous consciousness. <laughs> We've been having some discussions about being righteous conscious. The, right, the consciousness of your righteousness. Being conscious and aware of that. Or are you aware of sin? Are you aware of the mistakes that you make more than you're aware of the victory that you have over them? Can I get an amen? Because whatever we set our mind to, whatever we focus on, we gravitate to. So if we, it's, it's human nature. If you gravitate or think about sin, what are you going to be gravitating to? So I could mention Pastor Jerry's chocolate cake. Chocolate cake, chocolate cake, chocolate cake. And I could mention that a few minutes. I'll mention it again and again and again. And most of us will probably be at the end of the service. We'll be going over to Jerry's house going, you got any chocolate cake? So what we focus on, you know, and that's we focus on that. We focus on our sin. You're going to be conscious of sin. A lot of us sometimes have parents that do the best they possibly can or friends that help us focus on our sin. Oh, come on. Am I talking to the right crowd tonight? They, they help us focus on our sin. I just know that after I got out of work many years ago, I'd get out of work and there was one thing on my mind. It wasn't the righteousness of God. Okay? Now I get out of work, there's one thing on my mind, and it is the righteousness of God. Can I get an amen? So when we look at that and we, we set our minds on that thing, we end up having that. So the righteousness of God is the consciousness of God. It means to render just. Righteousness. To render just. It also means to pardon. Come on. I would rather focus on the pardon than to do the time. Are you with me? I'd rather be pardoned than to do the time. If I focus on the pardon versus the time, then I'm going to have what the pardon is, and that's freedom in Christ. It also, the righteousness also means to show innocence, to be innocent. Not guilty. Anybody like to hear that? Guess what? Eric was a boneheaded. I did a bunch of stuff. I saw some stuff. It was a bad deal. I gave it to my Lord, and guess what happened? Not guilty. The Apostle Paul, who was there at the stoning of Stephen, he was killing Christians in the name of God. 
And we see later on in the Bible, he's standing before King Agrippa. And he says, I've wronged no man. Man, before I really understood the righteousness of God, I thought, what's he talking about? You know the show, what you talking about, Willis? I was like, what you talking about, Paul? What you talking about? How can he stand in front of King Agrippa and say, can I paraphrase it? I've not done anything wrong to anybody. And he killed Christians 20 years earlier. Because he knew and he understood the righteousness of God. He knew that his sin was forgiven because of what Jesus had done and not because he lived by the law. He knew that his righteousness was based solely on Jesus Christ and he was not guilty or he was innocent. Somebody say the kingdom of God. So when we understand we, by the kingdom, when we understand our righteousness, we operate in the grace Will you receive the grace of God or will you operate in the law and have to earn it? I, I, the song we sing, I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. That's the grace of God that we're talking about. What Jesus did for me put me in right relationship when I made him my Lord and Savior. And it wasn't anything I could do except receive him. Are you with me? Believe in him and follow him. Oh, come on. And, and that's, that's what makes me righteous. It's not because we, you know, preach the good news. It's not because we give away money or it's not because we provide food for people. Those are all good things, but it's not that. It's who Jesus is that makes us righteous. So when we look at Jesus coming and bringing and carrying that kingdom, he is basically saying that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and Sadducees, you're not going to enter in, get into this realm that he wants us to get into. See, here's... Yeah. I think sometimes we're fearful to get into that realm. Maybe we're afraid. Let me put it this way. We may not be afraid of the realm. We're just afraid of the unknown. What's that going to look like when you get in it? Do you know what I mean? What's that going to look like? What, what's that going to look like? What, and a lot of times we don't know. So I want us to begin to look at a couple of things on righteousness. Romans, golly, let's go. Romans chapter 3, let's go there real quick. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Acts, Romans, keep going. Romans 3, I'm back in Acts 27, 28, Romans 2, Romans 3, 21. I know you guys got those, you know, computers and phones and boom, you're there. Verse 21 says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Come on. Can we give a shout or hand clap or something? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That, 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 that it's about redemption. I, I was talking to somebody last night and I said, God, can thank you, God, for your redemption. Now, maybe I had a lot to be redeemed of, and you probably don't or didn't. I had a lot to be redeemed of, and I thank God for that redemption. So whether you have a little or a lot, he's there to redeem it. Amen? So it goes on, and, and it goes on, and not only through verse 24, being justified as a gift by his grace, through the redemption which is in Christ, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith... This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. <laughs> I mean, y'all getting this? It's his righteousness that is passing over your sins previously, come on, committed for the demonstration, I say, Paul says, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Amen? So let's go back to Matthew. So he's talking about the righteousness that's there. When we look at that and Jesus is saying, if your righteousness doesn't supersede that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, then guess what? You're, you're not going to be able to enter into the kingdom. You may be like John the Baptist who saw the kingdom but couldn't get in it. He got beheaded. He saw the kingdom, but he wasn't able to enter in, to get into that realm of the kingdom. And, 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 and that's, a pretty, that's a pretty amazing thing. So let's look at some other kingdom scriptures real good, real quick. And there's the principles. In, in Matthew chapter 6, um, let me just read. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. He says, So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or in the streets, so that they may be honored by their men. Truly I say to you that they have their full reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's a whole backstory on this. He's not telling you when you give don't let anybody see it. You know why? Because didn't they, didn't in Acts, the people bring land and everything else, and what did they do? They laid it at the apostles' feet. People were seeing that. Are you with me? People gave stuff. They, they, they came to the apostles, they came to the church, and they gave stuff, so people saw them giving some things. So I had somebody who was like, you know, I'm not supposed to let you know that I'm giving something. Like it's 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 okay. You just in your private self go ahead and just give. But people are gonna see that. And Jesus wasn't really saying that. He says he goes on in verse five, he says, When you pray, that you don't be like the hypocrites, for they stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you that they have their full reward. And he goes on and he talks about prayer. And he comes in, I'm gonna skip down here to verse ten, because we call it the Lord's Prayer, and it's really a disciple's prayer. Remember, our Father, 
which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy what? Kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's even telling them to pray about the kingdom. Um, the earth is groaning. Y'all know that? The, the fires are, are, the earth is groaning. And there's things in the earth that happen when it groans. Are you with me? The earth is groaning. I had somebody one time say, well, the earth is groaning because of the sin. No, the earth is groaning. According to my Bible, the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. They're waiting. All of creation is waiting for you to take your place and be seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus, right? And beginning to rule and reign where you live. Can I get an amen? See, some of us are trying to, oh, oh man, trying to get out of here. When Jesus said, don't take them out of the world, leave them in the world. We need to influence the world. I don't want to go out. I want to stay in. Because the Bible says, occupy until he comes. What happens is we're waiting on Jesus to come back. When instead he's saying, you need to occupy, you need to have dominion, you need to stand up and decree and declare a thing, you need to enter into the kingdom that when all things are groaning and the earth is doing what it does, that you are still able to have peace, you're still able to be in the righteousness of God and do the right thing because it is the right thing and have peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? That's some good preaching up in here. So, so what, what I'm saying is that with, when you look at this kingdom scripture, he says your kingdom will come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that, you know, God is, you know, he's really, that's his promise. That the, the kingdom of God is advancing. There shall be, Isaiah says, there shall be no end to the increase of his government. And his government is the kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. Okay, now I'm going to get to my message. I really do want to get to this. So let's just fast forward. Let's go. You guys read Matthew 6 already. So I can go there. <laughs> Matthew 6.33. It says, Seek ye first your psychiatrist. Seek ye first your therapist. Seek ye first mama's advice. Daddy's advice? What's it say? Are y'all looking at the same Bible I am? Seek ye first what? His kingdom. In your Bible, does it have the word his capitalized? Yours doesn't. Yours does. Mine does. Right? Who else is? Anybody got that says it has his capitalized? There you go. I like that one. The realm of God's kingdom. Is that the Passion Translation? Yeah, that's, we read that. Okay, you get a pen, mark that out, put a capital H in there. <laughs> it says, seek first His kingdom. His, it's like the Holy Spirit. The Spirit being, Holy Spirit is capitalized. 
And then some of them are small caps. But it says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. Seek ye first. Did I give you the wrong one? Seek, seek ye first. Is the PowerPoint wrong? Oh, okay. We'll just look at that and see 33. Mark that out. Put a three in there, would you? But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. Angela, I want to have you come play. Because there's a big finish tonight. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And as I was looking at this, as I was meditating on it, I began to start writing down some things. Because when he says to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and I could preach on, and all these things will be added unto you as well. And I could preach on, be added unto you. All those things you don't have will be added. But let's go back and look where it says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. See, a lot of us aren't operating in the righteousness consciousness about the kingdom of God because we're over here dealing with sin. Oh, come on, somebody. We've got to keep our minds set on the righteousness consciousness of God. I've got to be conscious of what God does and what he wants to do and how he wants to do it in us. And I began to look at that and I thought, seek first, seek first, seek first. That means to aim, to desire to go after, to be concerned about the things of God first. Well, I don't know. You know, the fires are bad. It's bad. There's hurricanes. It's bad. Things are bad. It's real bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah, it is bad. And guess what's going to show up in your life? It's going to be bad. But he didn't say, seek the weatherman first, Daniel. He didn't say, seek the newsman first. He didn't say, seek the president first. Come on. He didn't say, seek your teacher first or your parent first or whatever. He said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The things of God. I got to seek the things of God first. I got to seek the things of God first. I got There's a woman who had an issue of blood and saw all the doctors, spent all she had, and she didn't seek the kingdom first, and then heard Jesus was in town. I got to get to him. She got to him and, and got healed. Come on, somebody. So I wrote down just things, and I'm almost done. Be concerned about the things of God first. Do you know why tithing is important? It seeks him first. You think God's going to honor that? He's going to honor that. I, didn't, I don't have tithing on my notes here. This is... It's just part of the principle in the word of God. In the kingdom, when you give, he says, give and it shall be what? Given back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. He'll cause men to give into your bosom. So when we tithe, we seek him first with our money. Are you with me? And everything else will be added unto you. In other words, you get 90%. <laughs> I know people living off of 40 So he goes on to seek first the kingdom. And I thought about God's way of doing it. And I thought about seeking daily faith. Are you seeking faith daily? Do you know when I have faith for something and when it shows up, I no longer have faith for that because it's here. I got it. It's manifested. Answer that phone. 
No, that may be a that may be my warning. Hurry up, Pastor Eric. Finish. Seek first his kingdom of God. Daily faith. Constant hope. Are you constantly getting hope? Are you constantly in his kingdom? Are you constantly in his righteousness? Are the principles of God the way you're doing things? He says, seek first. First in time. First in attention. First in thought. First in faithfulness. First in in confidence. First in grace. First in favor. This is not a bad thing to do. Well, you're, you're selfish. You're just looking for yourself. You want to get favor from everybody. No, it's, I'm seeking his kingdom first. And if the favor comes, I'm not going to apologize for it. Because God's given me favor. He gives you favor. Think about that. Pray first. There's a thought. Pray first. Seek ye first. Believe first. Can you be in God's peace first? I'm done. Justice first. God's character first. I thought about his character, his mercy, his goodness. Do we think on those things first or we think about how bad things can be first? What's the worst thing can happen? Oh, God. Uh, this is going to happen and that can happen. This can happen. This can happen. This can happen. And it's just really bad. It can happen. And I'll be standing out on the street with one shoe. But if I seek him first... How many of us are seeking him first? Am I seeking his strength first? Am I seeking his goodness first? When he said, seek ye first his kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And he follows back up with, hey, don't worry about anything for tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Each day has enough trouble in itself. Can we put God first today? Maybe you haven't. Maybe you did first thing this morning. Can you put him first in a decision you have to make tonight? Can you put him first in a decision that you have to make tomorrow? Stand to your feet and let me pray. It's 737. I got seven minutes over. I'll give you all seven minutes next week. Give it back to you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we are learning about the kingdom. We're learning about growing in the kingdom. We're learning about entering the kingdom. We're learning about getting into that realm that you call the kingdom of God. Your way of doing things, your way of operating, your way of operating here on the earth. God, I thank you that we seek ye first your kingdom, that we put our trust in you first, that we trust or put our trust in you first. That we put our trust in you. That we trust in you first. We trust in you first. We trust in your goodness. We trust in your love. We trust in your mercy. We trust in your grace. We trust in your favor. We trust in your strength. We trust in your justice. We trust in your honor. We trust in you, God. And we begin to start putting these things first. If we're gonna, I want to get into this realm. But i got to put you first in all things. God, help us do that this week. Help us do that. And then as we begin to do that, we'll, we'll enter into this realm. We'll access this realm of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. I bless you today, tonight, and tomorrow that you seek Him first and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.
Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Thank you guys. Thank you. I'm telling you, we're building something here. Can you feel it? I can sense it. There's something that's being built here. We're building it here. Amen? Invite somebody to come Sunday morning. Hey, let's get in at 945 Sunday and be ready to worship. Amen? And let's seek His kingdom first. Not just this week, but Sunday morning also. We love you. We bless you. We send you forth in His power and His might. God bless you. Have a great afternoon or great evening tonight in Jesus' name.